Welcome to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up. Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. And uh, this is podcast number 107. 107. Hard to believe. And we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around, bam! Hopefully, you're you're in the United States. Find your way to Texas. Texas, yeah! And in the southeast corner of Texas is the fourth largest city in the U.S., and it's called Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and that's where we're at. <clears throat> this is a spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys, but we talk about spiritual things. We're all on this faith journey and each of us are doing it individually but it's great to get together and we look at a scripture we kind of dissect it we take that 2,000 years of ancient history and kind of apply it to our own life in a man's sense this is the kind of stuff you don't get to talk about it's not baseball scores or anything like that that you can that you talk about on a regular basis this is deep stuff and I'm sure you like it because we've had a lot of people that uh, they get a hold of us. We're on iTunes. We're also on SoundCloud where we archive everything. And we have a uh, Facebook page called Man-Up. And the professor who is here, he'll also fill you in on the website and the Twitter as well. But I just wanted to talk about real quick about how Man-Up got here. Man-Up is a adult Bible fellowship here at Sugarland Baptist Church. I'm the director of it, but it's a men's only class. And what we do is we read a lesson out of the Baptist Way Press, and then we talk about it. And then this is the podcast where we get guys that are in the man up class as well as in others to come. And we go over the lesson even a little bit deeper with you. So. We're so glad that you're tuning in. And, and before I start, I'm going to go ahead and, uh, and turn it over to the professor here in a moment. Is uh, One thing about Man Up and Men Only, uh, Adult Bible Fellowship and Small Group, you'll hear things there you'll never hear anywhere else. And of course, this is from a man's perspective, but this is, was quote of the week. And half the guys wrote it down, and I know Kyle did, Um, Deacon Kyle. And it's by an engineer, Ethan, who's in our class, and he said this. Take your hardest problem, give it to your laziest employee, and you'll get the easiest solution. Take the hardest problem. Give it to the laziest employee, and you'll get the easiest solution. Well, that's, of course, assuming that the the laziness doesn't mean incompetent. But that's the kind of stuff that you get from 
this type of thing, the man up. And so, we're, once again, my name is Bill Cox, and uh, we, have a, we have a small group uh, today. As a matter of fact, well, <laughs> there's just two of us. And I want to go ahead and uh, introduce, he's a world-class trainer, a great guy, a little displaced at the moment, but he's keeping it together enough to join us for the podcast. And uh, please welcome the professor, Robert Koshu. Thank you, Bill. Yeah, uh, so for those of you who have been semi-following what's been going on, so Mother's Day, I, my youngest son jokes that it's his fault because he was home and his apartment flooded the previous Mother's Day. But we got home from church celebrating Mother's Day with my my mom and my wife, and we pulled up to six inches of water in our entire house. I found out two incredibly important things. Number one, eight years ago we had foundation work done. The leak occurred in our what we call our front bathroom, which is in the exact middle of our house. The water spread evenly throughout the house so we discovered that the foundation still works and found out that you know laminate wood floors are sometimes called a floating floor because it's not really attached to anything there's another reason you call them floating floors because if you get water underneath them they actually float <laughs> like a floating dock as it were right. so um, yeah we're displaced we're living in a rental property we did three weeks in hotels we got hooked up with our insurance company into a rental property um, this past week. So I have actually not been at church or Sunday school for four weeks now. I was in, after that happened, the next weekend I had to go to Washington, D.C. Several people may remember I called into the podcast from the National Mall. Oh, no way. So we did live from the National Mall. It was really cool. I was sitting, on location. On Man location. Up on location. Sitting, out by the, sitting out on the mall, kind of halfway between the World War II Memorial and the Lincoln Memorial. Very nice. Wow. Very nice setting. Very inspiring. Um, last week we missed. Then the weekend after that we missed because it was Memorial Day. and We had a pre-planned family trip that, right. more importantly than anything else, A, we had paid for B, it was the largest space we had lived in for two weeks at that point. And C, they had a wash and dryer so we could do our laundry. <laughs> yeah, but here, let me let me, let me just uh, have you pause here real quick. I was out on uh, vacation for a couple of weeks. I One week, I was a tourist, and I stopped in and I went to the Mennonite church yeah. uh, that I go to at home. And uh, But the thing about it is, and I remember my grandfather telling me, and when I asked him, I go, why do you go to church every Sunday? He goes, it straightens me out. Yeah. And it lasts about seven days. Yep. And the thing about it is, when you make a habit of it, I mean, I swear, I, I really, the, the week just kind of kind of went together. I mean, you know, yeah. not to get all preachy on it, but, you know, I, I like it. I like taking the time out, praying humbly to my maker and asking for guidance and yeah you know the whole corporate i mean i was still living thankful and yeah. gratefully but it's the corporate part it, of worship the corporate was part just... of worship and it's the corporate part of acknowledging our faith because we missed this past sunday because we were moving into the rent house and right set up. right and yeah i bluntly i missed it i made the podcast it's a good thing I was able to call into a podcast, 
have the podcast last week and then be here again this week because this is in effect been my part of worship. Right. And, a you, little bit. and the thing about it is with this podcast, I, I really like how they break up the stories. Like, I mean, we've, we've gone over David many times, but each one is a little bit different. And so it's like you're peeling an onion, you get a different layer, and certain yeah. things really resonate with you than others. We're, you know we're going to get, and, and with David in this, so far we've looked at David from a perspective of a leader of men as a warrior. Right. right. And as a little boy, mm-hmm. we spent a lot of time with the warrior part of David, and not as much with David, but the men he was he was leading. Right. David was kind of on the periphery right. of right. the six right. battles every man must win. Right. We did First Samuel before, and that was on David as a little boy. Right. We went through Samuel, Right. And then we got into David, and it was him from the days Samuel the prophet picks him to be king of Israel. Right. We take him through to uh, the killing of Goliath. He goes into the court of Saul. Saul turns against him. He goes and runs out. And so we kind of sporadically hit those parts. Right. And then while he was on the run, he was doing the mighty men thing. And so we kind of, he was on the periphery of that story while we were talking about the mighty men he was leading. Right, right. Now right. we're getting into David the king, the leader, and what can happen maybe if you're a king and a leader as we get further yeah, in. Right, we're right. Gonna, this, this, I, this is one I, I love. Steve has called it David the sequel. Or Samuel the sequel? Right, right, right. And Steve, I mean, for those of you that uh, may not realize, uh, typically we have uh, Steve Titch, who's a world-class poker player uh, and and, and an absolutely great writer as well. And uh, our deacon, class deacon, Kyle Trahan, uh, he's out, he's he's playing nurse. Apparently his wife had knee surgery or something like that. And Sarah, we hope you're getting better. But uh, yeah, so toxic masculinity isn't the only thing that's on display here, huh? Yeah. You know? Yeah, you got that's it. A, we, the caring side, that's right, Nurse Kyle. So uh, we're missing you guys, thinking of you. And uh, we just wanted to let you know before we get into the lesson, we're in the Connect 360. It's my Baptist Way Press, outstanding series uh, that they put together. We're in 2 Samuel, and this is our third lesson it's uh, called an unabashed celebration of worship, and uh, this is about David. And uh, so, before I'll before I go into uh, reading the scripture, I mean, hey, we're all guys here, and so we like to get a summary ahead. We want to know what's coming up, and so uh, have the professor go ahead and uh, give a so- quick. Uh, Overview, I so guess, of this, this is particular lesson. Interesting story, and I was reading through it last night, and I'm kind of in a weird place because normally I'm the professor. I have weird, I have tons of resources and books that are all currently in a storage facility that I cannot research. So I was forced to go do something I haven't done before. I read the actual scripture, read through the book, and then I did something that I encourage listeners and I've encouraged our other people I've taught to do this 
is the best commentary the Bible has is itself. So go read all the cross-reference Bible verses that deal with the same thing. And and I, could, I was looking at it last night, and I was really hoping Steve and the whole gang would be here because there's so many ways we could take this. So the story is where we are. David has captured Jerusalem. We covered that last week. Right. And he did right. it very specifically with his army, not the Israeli army. Exactly. Not the Judah army. His yeah, guys. His fellows. Right. And I like Steve's analysis. This was SEAL Team 6 commando mission style right. going in, and they captured Jerusalem, the city of the Jebusites. And now it's called the city of David. David decides that he wants the Ark of the Covenant. So the Ark of the Covenant where the remnants or the pieces from the original Ten Commandments, manna and some other things are all held. we all seen the Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's the box of it's gold. the box of gold, movie. absolutely. So he's decided he wants to take the Ark of the Covenant and bring it from where it is to Jerusalem to establish Jerusalem as the center of corporate worship for the kingdom of Judah and Israel. Right. So he decides to do that. So there's a whole story involved around going to get the ark, the ark coming part of the way, something happens, it stops, it stays there for a while, then he decides to do it again, and he comes further with it, and there's this big worship scene, and David takes the role of a priest now and does specific things as he's going in. And then there's kind of a side note. David's first wife, Michael, M-I-C-H-A-L, who was the youngest daughter of King Saul, mm-hmm. kind of has a, for lack of a better term, hissy fit, because David danced before God in worship. And there's so there's like three little stories here. This is, I, I, I once had a, a real professor who actually commented that in the New Testament, it's verses. You would read verses, and you would read one to two to three verses, and you would get this entire theological concept that you could talk about. In the Old Testament, it's chapters you have to read. Oh, absolutely. Because right. it's telling more of a long-term story. Right. It is, it's on the macro. Exactly. And, you know, you're talking about the way civilizations were and generalities, whereas in the New Testament... You're talking specifics that happened here, and this person said this. A lot easier where, where you in the Old Testament, you, you have to think, uh, expand. You have to yes. expand the area. So, and and, it, so you get, there's going to be three stories here that we're going to talk about. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and read them. We are in 2 Samuel, and this is Samuel 6. David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people who were with him from Baal, Judah, to bring up from there the ark of God, which is called by the name of the Lord of hosts, who sits enthroned on the cherubim. And they carried the ark of God on a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadad, which was on the hill. And Uzzah... Ao and the sons of Abinadad were driving the new cart with the ark of God and Ao went before the ark 
And David and all the house of Israel were celebrating before the Lord with songs and lyres and harps and tabarines and castanets and cymbals. And when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah put his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen had stumbled. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God struck him down there because of his heir, and he died there beside the ark of God. And David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Uzzah, and that place is called Perez Uzzah to this day. And David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How can the ark of the Lord come to me? So David was not willing to take the ark of the Lord into the city of David. But David took it aside to the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his household. And it was told to King David, The Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of the God. So David went out and brought up the ark of God from the house of Odeb Edom and to the city of David with rejoicing. And when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six steps, he sacrificed an ox and a fatted animal. And David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the horn. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. She despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the peace offering, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts and distributed among all the people the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, a cake of bread, a portion of meat, a cake of raisins to each one. Then all the people departed each to his house. And David returned to bless his household. But Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How the king of Israel honored himself today, uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants, female servants as one of the vulgar fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. And David said to Michael, It was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house to appoint me as prince over Israel, the people of the Lord, and I will celebrate before the Lord. I will make myself yet more contemptible than this, and I will be abased in your eyes. But by the female servants of whom you have spoken, by them I shall be held in honor. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no child till the day of her death. So uh, let's talk about three stories here. Oh, absolutely. Because it is three stories. For sure. And they all three tell a different part of the story. It really does. And the, the weird thing is, for those of you out there that don't necessarily have a book, the title is An Unabashed Celebration of Worship. Okay, well, that happened for uh, about a paragraph. It was the middle of it. That was the middle of it. Yeah. But the, the real thing that, I mean, you just go into it. Yeah. The death of Yusa. Yeah, well, it, 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 let's start with, 
So David took an army. So he wants to bring the ark to Jerusalem. There was some things, if you look at where it was being held, it was about 10 to 15 miles from the border with the Philistines. So there was some thought that, okay, you... Safety. Yeah, safety. David also is playing his leadership political role because he decides, I'm going, I've, I've got this city. This is my city, David. David's city, city of David. And I'm going to establish Yahweh worship here and make it the center of my core of my kingdom. David, remember, David was a man after God's own, God on, God's own heart. But if he's solidifying everything, the whole problem Saul had, Saul never got over the fact that he was king. Remember, God's command to the Israeli right. kings was, right. you're my representative to the people. Saul got it in his head he was king. David, at least at this point, covering later, is still in that mode of, God is king and I'm his servant. But to do that, I need to centralize it. So it's somewhat of a political ploy to move the ark there. So he sends 30,000 men out to gather the ark and bring it back. A lot of little discussion here about how he moved it. Absolutely, because it was supposed to be, if I remember right, moved by Levites only. With, and with poles with through, the rings, through the rings carried on their shoulders. On their shoulders, absolutely. And and, and so he took he got and, and the thing about it is with the story is this he got a brand new cart. Well, that means he didn't bring one from the barn. So, or in other words, it it doesn't say it's an ornamental cart or anything. It's new. Yep. And what's interesting when you look at it this if you look back there was another time the ark was on a cart the philistines in first samuel chapter four and five and we actually talked about this at some podcast i'd have to go back and i meant to go back and look and forgot to do it but the philistines had captured the ark of god they sent it back to israel on a cart they were like we're done with this because they had tumors rats Disease and everything else in the right, they right, put it right exactly. And so they put it on a cart, put a couple of ox, pointed the ox down the road, and said, "Go that way." And the ox went back to Israel with the cart. So, I, David had some what of a I don't know what the word is uneasy alliance, understanding, Cold War detente. Um, well, mutual hate, at, mutual hatred and respect and admiration at the same time with the Philistines. Yeah, but here's the here's so, the thing. I, I think about this story though, and David, uh, the only people that he would have had, he would have had the most devout. His whole yep. inner circle would have been the ones that would have been coming with the ark with David. Right. Okay, and. The, uh, I mean, and song and worshiping and going just nutty over that they're bringing it. And this Yuza must have been important to David. Mm-hmm. Well, he and, was, the, 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 the ark was being held at Abed, never can say it, Abinimadad, 
um, and Uza was one of his sons, and they were driving the cart. Right. So my guess is they weren't Levites. They weren't carrying it. Right. They weren't following God's prescription. And we, we get this idea they were celebrating, mm-hmm. but when they got there to the threshing floor of Nacon, and Uzzah touches the ark because the oxen stumble, then he dies. And was the anger of God against Uzzah, because it said it was, or was it against the way the cart was being moved? In other words, good idea, but not following the way you're supposed to be doing it. And and I, I think there's a man lesson here because, okay, there are sometimes guys we like to improvise. But there are times that you have to do it the way it's supposed to be done. And, you know, I, I can tell you the, the real difference. When I was raised on a farm... It was pretty much get it done any way right. possible. Okay. Just get it done. I was also in the Navy. <laughs> and in the Navy, you do it the Navy's way. Okay. It's not any way possible. It is you do it the Navy way. Form 53C5. Oh, <laughs> Un- Unbelievable. But... But but that's the difference, though. Uh, and the difference is your own initiative. When you are doing things more freeform, that's your own initiative. When you're following orders and you know, you, 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 there's no reason to have initiative because you're not going to do anything until you're told anyway. But the thing about it is... David was angry because the Lord had broken out against Yuza. And so it you know, for David to be mad at the Lord, I it just makes me think Yuza was was somebody special to him. I think he was, but but I really I, I think we've got a really good lesson here about when to do it the right way. Oh, no question about God it. God is telling us to do. We do it the right way. Because you notice what was David's reaction after this happens. Other than the anger, naming the place a specific name, what did they do? Right. Oh, they took it somewhere else. Yeah, they were like, they, and they go, not, no, no, it's not going to Jerusalem. This is too lethal to take to. We're, we're going to wait three months. Right. And I wonder if, because. And, and you have to kind of think about this a little bit. So Samuel was the last of the judges. Samuel dies. Saul takes over. And Saul failed miserably, for lack of a better term. And we don't hear about the tabernacle as much. The tabernacle was the tent mm-hmm. where the ark was held. The tabernacle was set up in Shiloh where... Samuel was was his judge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then his sons got involved, remember, corrupt the whole nine yards. We got a king, Saul. Right. Saul kind of follows things through a little bit for a while, and then he kind of goes off the rails, off the deep end. And I wonder if, and if part of this is, and maybe there's another lesson here, that they didn't know how they were supposed to do this. That maybe... David did the cart thing because well, that's how the Philistines sent it back to us and God was okay, okay, so we'll do that. 
and I, I gotta believe though tra tradition as important as the arc is that there I, was traditions I would and think people so. would have known I would think so because it was mobile but I'm but I'm wondering if nobody realized how important it was or no nobody realized repercussions there you oh, go oh, that's a good one no absolutely no question about it that that there was this whole right. let's get it there let's celebrate we just want it there the most expedient way possible which sometimes right. is not the right way to do it and so they do that so now they put it on pause for three months. And the house's household is blessed. Yes. And so he decides, okay, I really Whoa, do need this in I city. do need this here. But I'm wondering if in that three-month period of time, now we get the research. Now they go delve into what's the right way to do it. And, and you know, it may be, and you know what, we're going to finish up with this thought, and we'll, we'll come back to it uh, after our hard break, but maybe... It, the lesson here is to pay attention to things that are important to you. Mm -hmm. And with that, uh, we're going to go ahead and take a break. This is Man Up, Man Up Podcast number 107. You are listening to the Man Up Podcast, spiritual oasis for men. Just like any muscle, we feel the faith muscle must be exercised. And here we do it real authentic, the Man Up way. Not pastors, just regular guys, each on a unique spiritual journey. Thanks for joining us. Deep questions and discussions you won't hear anywhere else, especially in today's climate. Missed an episode? They are archived. Free for you to select on SoundCloud. We come to you from the Man Up Studios at Sugarland Baptist Church, Sugarland, Houston, Texas, in the United States. Have a question or comment, or want to book a speaker or group and have Man Up come to you? Contact us on our Facebook page, Gigmasters, or WMA Cox at Comcast.net. And now, back to fellows of Man Up. And welcome back. This is the Man Up Podcast. Podcast number 107. We're spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. But as regular guys, we believe the faith muscle is a muscle that needs to be exercised. And we do it here. Man Up style. You can find us on iTunes. You're also... All of our uh, lessons and our podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. You can even send us a message through our Facebook page that is at man-up. Normally what we do is we get together, we have a uh, discussion of a, uh, of a lesson and apply it to man style, man spin. And uh, we understand there's women out there listening too, I mean, and you're more than welcome. But, but this, is, this is geared to the men. And uh, missing a couple of guys, Mr. Steve Titch. Uh, he is a policy writer and a professional gambler. And, well, he's not here tonight. And Kyle Trahan is showing that all not all men are tough and some can be good nursemates. And that's what Kyle's doing. He's a deacon. He's good at uh, doing pastoral care type of stuff. And his, his wife uh, is recovering from, from a bit of a surgery, and so he's not here. So we miss both of them. But uh, we got the professor here. And my name is Bill Cox, and I'm just a uh, <clears throat> writer, salesman type, and um, uh, director of Man Up. And we're talking about David, and this is Second Samuel 6. And if you've been following along, uh, David is moving the ark 
um, that holds the pieces of the original tablet, uh, some manna, and uh, he's moving it to the Jerusalem city of David. And uh, there's some things that happen along the way. And then also, like uh, the professor said, we have a, a little tiff here at the end of this lesson. So we're trying to get absorb the man stuff out of it. And what we've come to think about in the first part of is take serious things seriously, as we've talked about with the ark. David's uh, one of the one of the guys in the party that was moving it. The ark apparently shifted on the cart because the oxen had stumbled, and he reached out his hand and touched it. And the rule is, Levites only move it. And maybe mm-hmm. he wasn't, and he died on the spot. And so, and what hits me is, hey, in faith. And in life, things that are important, pay attention and treat them with reverence. And do, and f- follow through with that. You know, don't just make a show of it, but follow through with it. So now we're in part two yeah. of our story. So now they have decided they need to bring the ark, and there's a Mm-hmm. Really great section in First Chronicles 15. Samuel, Chronicles, and Kings kind of all tell the same story, somewhat from a different perspective. And in Chronicles it said that David Research figured out, hey, the Levites Michael should do Cropper's it. not here. Either. Ah, yeah, we're missing Cropper tonight. Uh, the judge. I wondered, yeah, I was looking at over his chair, and the judge isn't here either. So you, he figures out Levites would do it, and he built a tent, and he gets ready to move the ark of the covenant. And so it talks about he does that and he prophets. So now he goes and gets the Levites like he's supposed to. They start carrying it. And more importantly, he does other things. So the Levites take six steps. After the first six steps, David makes a sacrifice, a burnt offering. Kills a cow, burns the flesh as prescribed. He basically, David at this point, puts aside his kingship and he becomes a priest. And he actually takes on the role of the priest and sacrifices. And then he dances and worships the rest of the way. He basically leads the procession all the way in as a leader. So this is David showing empathy with his people. The fact that I'm going to be a leader and I'm going to take on the role of the priest. So I am, I am your king. God is king though overall. So I'm going to become God's servant. It's almost as if the example that he's trying to set is a virtuous one. Yes. Yes, he is. And so, so you will follow me if you follow virtue. Right. That you'll follow God. And you'll, you'll follow, follow virtue. God. You'll follow God because I'm going to put aside my kingly robes. Right. Because the, the king king's dressed fine purple and the gold lace. Right. And the whatever. Right. right. You know, and... David puts that aside. He puts on what was, it's called a linen white robe, but it was right. very plain, very common. So he puts that on and he worships and functions as a priest before God at this point. So he does that. 
They bring the ark into Jerusalem, and this is our unabashed celebration of worship portion of it in our one paragraph here where David is dancing before God, and yes, dancing does take place in worship. We have, we're very fortunate to have... Um, Ballet Grace. Ballet Grace. I was trying to think of their name. Yeah. Thank you very much, Bill. And, and we're they, Baptists, yeah. so that is a big deal. So they come in and they dance periodically at our worship service, and actually I love it when they do that because I, that that's one of my... I, I'm, I'm this weird guy that wears cowboy boots, can be as redneck as I'll get out, but I still love to go to the ballet and the culture. classical right. music. And yeah, it's, I've got this whole weird side of me too. But there's very much to that where David is worshiping. He's unabashed. And he's not ashamed to worship. He's worshiping as a leader. And he's worshiping as an example. I think that's the thing a lot of people miss. It's they're setting an example for uh, the people. And it's a lot easier as a king when you set a good example, it's a lot easier for people to follow and to promote you. Yes. To be followed. Because, oh, he's a good guy. Yeah, he's a good king. Good king. You know he's what I'm saying? Guy. When, he's a, when you're a scumbag, not only is it hard to get people to follow you, but no, they're going to talk bad about you. And the other people aren't going to follow, they've never heard of you, aren't going to follow mm-hmm. you either. You know, and so they, he he sets the example by him leading the worship as they come into Jerusalem, right? And he's dancing and worshiping and doing those things before the Lord. So the ark arrives in Jerusalem. David has danced. They've had the big party. Mm-hmm. As the people leave, David, the leader, and I'm reading a great book right now on. The EQ leader, the emotional quotient leader, and how to lead with your emotions and understanding your people. It's a great book. I'm going to bring a lot of quotes in from it. I got through chapter four today of it, and I'm going to. I'll mention it again, and maybe maybe do a review out on the website um, that we'll mention at the end. But David, at the end, he fulfills their need. He gives them meat. He gives them. Let me. Let me. Let me find it. Bread. He gives them cake of bread. A cake of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins to everybody as he leaves. As they leave. Now, by the way, I, it's very important that everyone hear here. The whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, received a cake of bread, a portion of meat, a cake of raisins to each one. Then all the people departed, each to his own house. So basically, everybody from Jerusalem showed up. We partied, we worshipped, we celebrated. David says, time to go home. Here's some meat, here's some bread. Have your dessert with the cake of raisin. It was men and women. I want everybody to notice the men and the women were there. Very important for the next part of the story. <coughs> As you go through, because now he's met, he, he, he's met a spiritual need, he's met a physical need right. for him, and he's shown example as a leader. Absolutely. A- a- absolutely. And a quality example. Yes. A quality Very much example. so. Because they put aside his big kingship. That's right. Put on the, silk, put on the linen robe. I'm one of you. As the I'm priest. one of you. Yes. Now, right. then we get part three. So David goes back to his house to bless his household. And Michael, 
his first wife. She pined for David. She begged King Saul to give her to David. The story behind it is Saul offered her to David. At the time, David was the lowly shepherd boy. Mm-hmm. And he says, I, I'm a, he basically told Saul, I'm a lonely man. I can't pay the bride price to marry your daughter because you're the king. Saul says, I'll waive the bride price. Go kill a hundred Philistines. Bring me a hundred foreskins of Philistines. Kind of gross when you think about it, but okay. Right. And I'll waive the bride price. David goes and kills 200 Philistines. <laughs> he doubles the bride price, brings him back. Michael at one point truly loved David. She actually faked an illness to hold her father's men out of her room so David could escape. She never joined David. Saul basically gives her to another man in the middle of all this. It's like, I don't want nothing to do with that David guy. You're going to marry this guy now. So you're saying she's scorned. Basically somewhat. But David asked for her back. When So after Saul's death, David is king in, Ju- in Judah. One of Saul's sons, Michael's brother, mm-hmm. is king over Israel. They, go have a, they have a meeting, and he says, I'll meet with your general, but you send Michael with her because I want her back. And Michael's new husband has this big public display of, ah, she's mine, ah, blah, blah. And the general basically turns around and says, you go to your house. She's coming with me. She comes, she goes back to Michael. Now, here, here's where I want to have a moment of thought. I made a big point, and I said, it's a big deal. <coughs> men and women were there, so you can't say it was just the men worshiping. Right. She was the wife of the king. He had a couple of wives by now, but she was the first one. She was known... She's not listed as a great beauty like Abigail, another lady that we studied mm-hmm. with David, or one we're going to study soon called Bathsheba. But rabbinic tradition holds that she was pretty good looking. So she had been in the king's court. She had been in Saul's court. She knew what the quote-unquote game was. Why is she not down there worshiping? Why is she up looking through the window going, Oh my God, look at my husband. He is making a fool of himself. So, man up time. You like to say, if you're awesome, say so, because your wife's not here. If you're hurting, you can say that too. There are times our family is the most important thing to us, and and they should be. But we have to make sure our family is lined out properly with God's will as we go through. And that becomes, because I'm going to postulate here that she is throwing a hissy fit because, oh my God, my husband embarrassed me. He danced around in front of a bunch of women out there half naked wearing just that linen robe, which, by the way, covered everything. We'll just throw that out there. <laughs> you know, and he, he has made a fool of himself in front of everybody instead of him being the king like he should be. And look how he has affected my status because of that. It was about her, not him. Oh, yeah. It's definitely about her. Um... 
she realizes that he's making the right moves and every move that he makes he gets bigger and bigger and she gets smaller and smaller and when you're sinking sometimes you just grasp for anything and that's what I think she did she just grasped for whatever she could ridicule or make fun mm -hmm. of but the reality is this her life ends up being unfulfilled she's she's childless and yeah. and so it's it's just a a life of sorrow and instead of being able to have her home hope and joy she has to bring david down but i think this is an incredible story <clears throat> and we're going to go ahead and uh just uh, do a quick summary here this is uh podcast number 107 and of course uh missing the judge and deacon kyle and uh, Steve Titch. So we're ho hopefully those guys are uh, doing well and they'll be back uh, next week. My name is Bill Cox and I'm here with, uh, with the professor and we've been talking about, you know, once again, uh, David. And we're going to be spending, what, the next couple of weeks on it as well. And go ahead and I'll get, uh, you know, do the summary of this. Um, the lesson was the unabashed celebration of worship, but like we've been talking about, this is kind of like uh, three uh, lessons in one, or particularly three stories, and not everything speaks to everybody the same way. And this particular lesson, the part about it that really hung out with, with me, I mean, of course, Michael, uh, Saul's daughter, um, ridiculing David. Hey, I have four sisters. I mean, that's no big deal. I mean, you, you know, I'm, I'm used to that. But what I'm not used to is the story of the ark shifting on the cart and Yusa. That is just like a man stepping in to stabilize it because the ox had stumbled. I feel that's me in my life. But then Yuza dies, so, and David gets mad at the Lord. But the thing about it is, they didn't give it the respect it deserved. And in life, I think that's the lesson that I need to take at times. There's, I, I run so fast through life that there's things that I should take uh, more seriously, and, and I don't. And so that's the that's the takeaway for me. And uh, I'll turn it over to the professor so, real quick. Three lessons that all tie together. Mm -hmm. Worship God, but pay attention to how he wants us to worship him. And mm -hmm. don't be resentful of people who are worshiping God in their way. You know, they're mm -hmm. definitive. I, I think God was happy the ark was moving back. But I think there are definitive boundaries he wanted things done in. And that was what caused Uzzah's punishment. David worships God as he knows to worship God. Dancing, because Dave, remember, David's kind of a weird bird too. Because David, you know, we just talked about he killed 200 Philistines for the foreskins for his bride's price. He was a warrior. That's right. But he was also one of the world's greatest poets. He wrote the vast majority of songs. So he knows art and poetry, and he was a musician. So David's kind of one of those weird guys, too. Renaissance man. Very very much so. So him dancing before the Lord, that's his expression of worship. 
you know, as they go there. And don't resent somebody who's worshiping God with their talents. That's where the three stories all tie together. It does run a continue. It, it's three stories that run a continual thread as you get all the way through them. Right. I want to remind everybody, uh, follow us on Twitter, Man Up Spiritual Oasis. Also, you can find everything on www.manupspiritualoasis.com. That website will actually take you, you can, there's a link to our Twitter account, link to our Facebook page, and actually a link to all of our podcasts on SoundCloud, where they're archived. You can go there in one place. And finally, um, we have started a blog. Steve and I both wrote one, and I became homeless for a while, so I'm hoping to kick back up and get in some blogs. I'm going to share some stories that I learned about life from being homeless for three, not literally homeless living on the streets but bouncing around hotels and rent homes and things for a couple of weeks and interesting insights so I'm going to share some of that with everybody as well as start talking about this new book I'm reading because I think there's some great stuff there for us so. and we want to go ahead and we'll, we'll be sharing it with you this is uh, my name is Bill Cox and uh, it's been Bill Cox and Robert Koshu the professor and uh, We've been so glad that you're here. This Man Up, uh, Spiritual Aces for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys. Podcast number 107. And what we want to do is we want to make sure that we encourage you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. And go and get involved in the small group, the adult Bible fellowships, the Sunday school and then find one that's men only. You'll be enriched like you can't imagine. If there isn't one that's men only, start one. This is Man Up. You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Dedicated to the uncommon man. Created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flamethrower to this place. You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.